Welcome to the public servants announcement. This is um, another episode that follows in the trend and the pattern that I've created for this particular season. Um, and it follows it in multiple ways. Um, there's a few patterns that I'm sure some of you are starting to see develop as we get into season three. But I still I, I told y'all I was going to tell you what the pattern was this week, but I've decided not to. So you're going to have to keep waiting and keep guessing to figure out what that is. But on this episode, we have another incredible guest. Um, it also happens to be, and just FYI, the pattern is not former students because the first two episodes were not former students. But we do have our fourth straight, I think. Yeah, I think our fourth straight former student. Um, this one is probably the most recent former student of the group, which also would make him the youngest, actually by quite a few years. Um, but I asked him to be a guest on the podcast, and then I actually started watching his social media because I didn't before. Um, so we're going to get into a lot of things. I already have a few questions in my head that I want to know the answers to. So let's just get right on to it and welcome Mr. Luis Barrias. Barrias. How, that, how are you doing? I'm doing I'm good. Doing good. Blessed. That's that's phenomenal. So, um, I guess let's just start with tell tell the the people how when you had me, how that happened, and how you ended up being on the podcast. Like, what makes you a public servant? Well, we met. What was it? My junior year. Yes. Right. First semester, junior year, high school. You know, honestly. I was truly blessed to have you as a teacher because the teacher that came after you wasn't it, wasn't it, man. Could, couldn't, you know, couldn't, couldn't reach to your level, you know. I mean, she was cool and all, but, you know, nobody can top Mr. Smith. Yeah, so, so just for the people who don't know, Luis had me in the year where I went back to teaching, and I think I got there in September, and then left in March, um, just because it was me going from being an administrator to back in the classroom as a favor to back being an administrator as another favor. Um, and so it really was a transition. It was never meant to be a long-term thing. They just needed a real teacher in there to start the year, and they couldn't find one. And so in order to help a friend get to her next position, I stepped back in and did it until they were able to find a teacher to be there for the long term turns out it wasn't super long term that that other person was there because I think yeah. they were only there a few months and then they never came back okay but keep going yeah I mean she was <clears throat> she she had her you know things going but um yeah you know it was it was a very junior year was a very interesting year and you definitely helped me get on the right path you know you helped me learn better because I was not good at learning. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure you noticed. I'm sure you noticed. I was a bit lazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, honestly, to have you as a teacher was a blessing. You know, you made you made learning English a lot easier because it's boring. The, the most boring topic. Subject. English is not but it is easily the most interesting subject there is to learn of the four core subjects. Easily. He 
if you have if you have Mr. Smith as your teacher. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But no, I don't you weren't a bad student. I've had students who just truly do have difficulties. I've had students who don't have an interest in learning. You weren't either one of those things. You were, as you said, just lazy. And it's 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 a junior year curse, to be completely honest, because you get the kids who did what they were supposed to do freshman year and sophomore year. And so junior year is really the first year that they can kind of relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the kids who didn't do what they were supposed to do freshman and sophomore year. And so junior year is super stressful. And then you get the kids who just kind of been coasting along being an average student and junior year just seems monotonous. Like it seems like it's the same thing that you've been doing since you were in second or third grade and Mm -hmm. it gets old very quickly. And when people start to feel that, they just start to like, I can do this in my sleep. I really don't have to do the work. I'll be able to figure it out at the end of the year and you'll pass me and then I'll move on to the next grade and everything will be fine. Um which isn't so much the case. I give a ton of opportunities to pass, but you will fail if you need to. Um, I mean, you you have to try really, really hard to fail my class. No, yeah, 100%. There have been people that tried really hard to fail, and it worked. Um, Okay, so what have you been doing since high school? Well, let's see, junior year, I didn't didn't have a... a job you know I had to beg my dad to let me work so finally during the summer after junior year I got a job I started working and I ended up transferring to Mansfield to Summit High School and one of the reasons was because of baseball you know baseball at Bowie wasn't the best so I transferred to Summit started playing baseball there um had a big uh big big roadblock I had to get through you know my mom passed away that year actually a couple I think a couple weeks after I started school she passed away um then I was like I was I was just done with school you know there were so many bad kids over at that school you know doing dumb stuff running around fighting drugs you know and I just wanted to get away from that so I decided I was going to graduate early so I transferred to uh Phoenix Academy which is kind of like a venture mm-hmm. but for like Mansfield um I transferred there finished school in October and got back to work uh haven't started school again but I'm thinking of going to um uh, a trade school. I don't know yet. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but yeah, I've just been working ever since, you know, worked at the airport. Y'all ever stop by, you know, get y'all some free food. Okay. Now I know where to go to get free lunch, mm-hmm. but okay. So there was a lot there, but just for the people who don't know, Phoenix Academy and venture are alternative schools for accelerated learning. Um, and so basically what happens is if a student wants to graduate early or if they fall behind or things like that. Um, I know when I was in school, we really only had those options. Ours in Garland was like Memorial was the name of the school. I don't know what the system was called because I only ever went there for summer school so that I could 
get my credits and keep all of my electives. But it was, it, it's it's not for the average student. It's more for the kid who has special circumstances and really wants to either finish early to get out because they have other things to do or that they need to do, or for kids who are so far behind that there's no way possible for them to catch up at a regular school working at a regular pace. And it's super beneficial. I wish more kids would take advantage of it because it could help a lot of kids who ultimately end up just not graduating and just Mm -hmm. they do their four years of high school. And even though they don't get their diploma, they never go back. And I think if they knew of this option and knew how feasible it was for them, then it would be something that benefited a lot of students that really could use it. Do you, what's your how did you find that program and what kind of was the ultimate decision for you getting into it, especially as an athlete? Well, yeah, it was, man, that was, that was the one thing that, that kind of, you know, almost stopped me from doing it was baseball. You know, I really love the sport and I still would like to play it. I have, you know, I have equipment here at the house that I use, but really um, another thing was like, uh, since my mom passed away, my dad had a tough time because she handled all the bills. He just made the money. You know, he made the money. She 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 handled the bills and everything with us. School, she would sign us up for school. She would get us to where we had to be, you know, put us in the right programs that we wanted to be in and stuff like that. So, you know, making that transition for him uh, from being just the moneymaker to actually, you know, doing these uh these things that involve us, you know, it was hard for him. So I also wanted to get out of school to help him with that. You know, my little brother, he's, he's actually a sophomore at Bowie now. So, mm-hmm. uh, he used to go to a Christian Academy, you know, but it, it didn't seem like he was learning enough because the teacher, she was always calling off and it was a small school. It's a little private school. It's like total 27 kids. And if she calls off, then the whole school's closed, closed down, you know, just because she has a minor call or something like that. Uh, so I really wanted to help my dad. My older brother moved back in. He got out of the Navy and now he's, um, uh, training to become a pilot. Uh, he wants to, I don't know if he wants to go commercial or he wants to, uh, just, uh, do like private, but, uh, yeah, I just really wanted to get out of school and just help my dad. Cause I know he's, he was struggling and he still, is struggling a little bit, but he's starting to get the hang of it, you know. Uh, but the uh, I actually found out about Phoenix Academy from my counselor. My counselor, he told me about it, and uh, I was really grateful about Phoenix Academy because they actually taught me a lot of things that regular school doesn't teach, you know. Like right. uh, in my economics class, I learned how to file my income taxes, you know, and it was like, where was that? Yeah. <laughs> Where was that? You know, they, they, they just, they, they don't, I feel like they don't go into too much detail at, you know, regular public school, you know, but yeah. that was, that was, that was really nice learning how to follow my, actually that was my final exam. Yeah. And I, I bet that's a lot more time. beneficial than learning how to find sine, cosine and tangent. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. It is. So, yeah, um, and I'm honestly very grateful for my economics teacher at Phoenix Academy because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did give him a little bit of a tough time. Uh, sometimes I felt he didn't like me, but really he just wanted to help me, you know? I believe that. 
And I, I, and I learned that. that. 100%. I, I learned that. I learned that over time that he, he really just wanted to help me get to where I, I had to be, you know, so I can be successful in life. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much how I got there, you know? Okay. So I remember just as a student, we, we, I talked to most, as I'm sure people on the podcast listening, sorry, my phone keeps falling, y'all. That's, <laughs> if y'all hear that sound, that's what that is. Um, but I talk um, to my students a lot, and I'm sure you're realizing that if you're listening to this podcast and you hear me talk to former students. I think this season, this is fourth straight, but I think this is seven total, maybe five total. Um, so I talk to my students a lot. Um, and I remember that year with you, we talked a lot about your parents and your relationship with your parents specifically um how did that change over time because i i remember telling you and i tell most teenagers this but i remember telling you that relationship between your you and your parents does change a lot for the better usually but it changes a lot in that last year or two of high school the first few years of adulthood how was that changed and how was that change impacted by the passing of your mom well so me and my mom we always had a very good relationship you know we ah, man I would I would purposely annoy her just so she would you know chase me around and she knew she knew but she would obviously still get annoyed because, you know, that was my goal. That was my intention, to annoy her. So she would chase me around. She usually chased me around with a broom or something. I would go hide in the restroom where she couldn't go in. And then uh, right when I would come out, she would wait, be waiting around the corner with that broom. <laughs> but, um, yeah, me and my mom always had a good relationship. Um, but I, I will say, as I did get, you know, older, I started to get very, um, very distant. Very, very distant. And... I, I do regret it. It was, it was, it was, it was very dumb, very dumb. Uh, I actually moved out of my parents' house. I, I just left. Uh, a lot of regret came with that, but my dad, my dad, me and my dad and I, we, we, we had a relationship, but for a good, a good chunk of my teenage life he was not at home he worked over overseas or not exactly overseas but he, he worked in Central America uh, in Honduras and he um he lit he worked there for like five or six years right uh my teenage life so and that's like I think it was starting when I was actually I think it started when I was preteen so up until around my junior year is when he came back. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but with, with my dad not being there, you know, I didn't, I didn't have as good as a, of a bond as I did with my mom. And the one, the one of my brothers, my older brother, he's the one that really truly, you know, had that close bond with my dad. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, he was the only son at one point. So they they had a really close relationship. My me and my dad and I we we when I was younger, you know, he was he was he loved me a lot. You know, I I I don't remember. I was really young. You know, I I don't remember. I slept since then, as people like to say. You know, 
but he he shared a story with me. You know, I don't know how I I still don't know how I feel about it. It was it's a really it's a really you know deep story, and it's like it could I could either take it in as a good thing or a bad thing, just depending on how I view it and where I view it from. You know, mm-hmm. but. I do love my parents and they, if, if it weren't for them, you know, I wouldn't be where I am, you know, like they, especially with my relationship with God, you know, they were actually the ones that brought me into uh, Christianity and, you know, they taught me a lot of what I know and it, it definitely helped reinforce my relationship with God because I, I saw them, you know, as, as, good Christians, you know? Yeah. But honestly, nobody's a good Christian. We, we all suck at it because we all sin every day. It's, it's hard. It's not easy, but God knows. But, you know, my parents, they definitely taught me a lot that I know. And I I feel like I didn't show them enough appreciation over the years as, as they deserve because they have worked hard. They came from nothing pretty much. I mean, my mom, she moved here from Mexico. Um, my dad came from New York. Um, he was from the Lower East Side, Manhattan. Um, my grandma, she came from the Dominican Republic with pretty much nothing. You know, so they they all came from nothing pretty much. And, you know, they they are where they're at now. My dad, he works full time at a hospital. Um, well, my mom, she she couldn't work uh, because of her illnesses, but she she did everything she could she did everything she could everything even when um when they told her she couldn't she still did it you know she would still go to our game my game my baseball game she would still be there to support me with school and you know she was she 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 took a big part in where i am now you know and i, I do think that like if i didn't have parents like them i w- i wouldn't be as close to God as I am now, you know, and he is the greatest force. Yeah. So this, I, I remember when you moved out of your parents' house and I remember telling you, mm, I don't know if that's the best idea. And you gave me a laundry list of reasons why you thought it was the perfect idea and it all made sense. And everything was going to be so much better. And I said, okay, yeah, that doesn't sound super great. But, you know, you also get to make your own decisions as a young adult. But when you leave your parents' house, that makes you an adult. and You really don't get to go back. How was your life? Because I know you said you regretted it. But it also, I'm sure, shaped kind of who you are now and probably shaped a lot of the appreciation you have for your parents. How did that one decision impact the thought the rest of the decisions you were making that year and the next year well one thing is i had to get out of my comfort zone you know i couldn't i couldn't you know i couldn't be shy you know if i really wanted something i had to do it i had to get it on my own you know there wasn't no mom can i get this dad can i get this no it was if i want it i gotta go work for it you know Mm -hmm. so um one thing is they did bless me with this beautiful car that actually my mom used uh, used to be my mom's car and now it's mine. Um, but 
uh, like um, my baseball equipment, I have to buy that on my own. You know, if I really want to support myself and get to where I want to be with baseball, I have to do it on my own. I can't ask them for help. Well, I can, and they he will help me. My dad will help me. He he loves me a lot, um, and he's made that very clear. Um, but it it taught me that. I, you know, when you when you when you get to that stage, you have a lot more responsibilities, a lot more. And you have to take care of those responsibilities or you're going to get nowhere. You know, you're just going to be right back at, 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 at um, with right where right back where you started at nothing. Right. Because we all start at nothing mm-hmm. unless we got, you know, hand me downs. But <laughs> but um, uh, I, was, I guess we don't all start at nothing. But yeah. A good chunk of us do. Yeah. So how hard is it as a young adult? Like, I can remember being 17, 18, 19 and not wanting to ask my parents for anything because I kind of wanted to prove that I could do it on my own, especially after I moved out. I wanted to be able to prove that I could do it on my own and that I could be an adult. How hard is it to ask for help from your parents when you've made the decision to leave home? on your own like they didn't force you out you chose to leave what how hard is it to go back and ask for help well the good thing is I was blessed with amazing parents so it's not hard at all you know my dad he still welcomes me with open arms uh he's actually offered me to move back in he wants me to move back in um and I know why I know why he wants me to move back in but um what's it called it's there's not enough room He's got a full house. I don't want to put something else on his shoulders that he doesn't deserve, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, it's not hard at all, honestly. Honestly, my, my dad, he, he loves me a lot, and I know that. So, I can easily go back and ask him for advice, for help, you know? I mean, right now, I pay him for my car insurance, right? And if I ever, you know need extended time he'll give it to me he'll give me as much time as I need you know he loves me so I have no I have no issue with asking him for help he's a good he's a good father he is he really is that's good to hear so now this is the part that I really got interested in and you've kind of already mentioned it yourself a few different times but after I asked you to be on podcast because to ask especially former students, I usually have to reach out via Instagram. And mm-hmm. so when you message someone on Instagram, your algorithm changes and all of a sudden you see all of their posts and all of their stories and all of their everything. And so I don't know if it's because you've posted more lately or because the algorithm has shifted and I just see more of your posts lately. But since I've asked you, I see your posts several times a day, every day. And your posts are very God-centered and God-centric. When did that change when did you have that shift in your I don't even want to say religion but in just your relationship with God when did that shift happen yeah so well like I said you know my parents they had me uh they had me uh really really look into God you know and and Christianity and as I went since I was a kid you know a little kid Mm -hmm. uh I was going to church every Sunday, but I wasn't really getting the message. I wasn't I wasn't able to really pick up and learn what I was being taught. You know, pick, take that information and, and dwell on and, and sit 
and and think about that. Uh, but I say last month I was probably at my lowest. I was I was really down. I wasn't I wasn't there a hundred percent, you know. And I remembered how how amazing God is, and I had definitely like I was definitely getting further and further away from God because the closer you are to the world, the further you are from God, right? Um, so I was really, really, really deep into these bad things, like uh, I was smoking, I was drinking, fornicating, you know, and it it was terrible. It was destroying my life. It was it was tearing me down. Uh, so I started reading the Bible again, and it's it's crazy. Every time I open the Bible, every time I go to church, my question that I had is always answered. It's always answered. Whether I had asked it a while ago, a long time ago, or I asked it, you know, the day before, it's answered. And that that's that's the beautiful thing. I can open up the Bible to a random book and I will find an answer to any to one of my questions that I had. Maybe it might have been when I was 16, when I was 12, you know, or maybe the, uh, a week ago. It, it's uh, and it truly, you know, opened my eyes and realized like, wow, you know, this stuff that is written in this book really means something and wasn't written for no reason. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. look, look how look how our bodies work. That, that 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 didn't just happen from nothing, you know. There had to have been something that created us. Yeah. So I just I really started reading the Bible a lot more and I really started getting into um the gospel, you know, learning about mm -hmm. the life of Jesus. And you can learn so much from it. That book has so much wisdom so much wisdom in that book and it, it helped me get through a lot of situations a lot of things that I was dealing with and it just turned my life around once I started living my life for for Christ for God everything turned around I was waking up with a smile on my face no matter how I felt if I was sick if I had a rainy nose if my allergies were going off uh, were off the roof you know I still had that smile on my face because I knew that God gave me another day to walk on this earth, you know, because not every day is prom every day. You, you don't have tomorrow. You know what I mean? You don't have tomorrow until you wake up. And that's a fact. I mean, I hate to mention it, but look at uh, what's that one actor from Disney, uh, Cameron Boyce. Yeah. In his sleep. He was sleeping, you know, so you just never know when you're going to go. Um, so when I started living like that, it changed my perspective on life. You know, and the, the deeper you read into the Bible, the more you realize how how loving God really is. Because we have mm -hmm. done nothing but destroyed this beautiful creation that he's created. We have destroyed it. We have destroyed us. Uh we we are we ourselves are a temple right and when we like for instance when we fornicate right we have sex we become one with that person that we had sexual intercourse with 
right? We Our flesh becomes one. So whatever we're dealing with, whatever they're dealing with, we're going to deal with. Whatever we're dealing with, they're going to deal with, right? So, and, and that is that is the the one sin that you can commit against your own body, against your own self. So, uh, it was just, it was just an eye opener, you know? And then I, I was looking around the world and it's like, it's, it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting with how, how, how evil people are and how evil this world has become, you know, it's, it's scary, but you start to realize when there is evil, there has to be good. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So why would you want to be on on that evil side you know you 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 want you you got these people trying to figure out how they can extend their life you know how they can live longer you can you can if you if you find god and you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior you will have eternal life you know you will find that peace cuz he is the only one that can bring you peace Drugs won't bring you peace. Alcohol won't bring you peace. Money won't bring you peace. You know what I mean? Only only Jesus Christ. He can bring you peace. In mind, soul, heart, he will bring you peace. But you have to welcome him in. He won't come in uninvited. You know who will, though? Satan, the devil. He will come in, slip through that back window. But God won't. He will wait knocking at your door until you answer and open up and let him in. Yeah. For sure, for sh- like, for sure. I I know if you've listened to this podcast a while, you you know my relationship with God. I I especially early on, we talked about it a ton, and then just in talking about it so much, it's not. I mean, I don't want to get super repetitive, but yeah, I, like my devotion time, just the amount of time that I get to just sit and talk with God and share just what I'm going through, not that I have to inform him, but just to invite him in, like you said, to invite him into my struggles and invite him in just verbally confessing that I need the help. That has been a life changer for me over the last few years, for sure. And then just talking to other people about their relationship with God and seeing um, just how many different versions of a relationship with God and how many different ways that can look and still be effective and still be the same thing. I know growing up, I thought being a Christian and having a relationship with God had to look one way specifically all the time. And if it didn't look exactly like this, you weren't doing it right. So coming into like going to church as a child, because your parents are making you go to church and, and believing in God is totally different than having a relationship with him for yourself and really finding the value in that relationship. So what has that shift been like? I know you said it's been like over the last month or so. So mm-hmm. what has that shift in life been like? How has that been for you to go from, and I asked that he wasn't a, like a, a sinning heathen that was awful and damned to hell forever. That wasn't <laughs> the case. Just, but finding that relationship with God and strengthening it on your own, out of your own curiosity and out of your own want is totally different. It's a new, it's a different style of relationship mm-hmm. with God. It, it's like going from being just in the human world, like going from knowing someone, like 
obviously we know of Barack Obama. I know of Beyonce. I can be in awe of Beyonce and know who she is and admire her and want to have a relationship with her, but knowing of her and actually wanting and actually having a relationship with her and being able to call her up and ask for advice is totally different. And it's the same way with God. There's a lot of people who know who God is and understand God's capabilities and know people who have good relationships with God. But knowing him for yourself and having that comfort and ability to just reach out and call unto him for yourself is totally different. So what has that shift been like for you? It's it's been great, you know. The amount of positivity I have throughout the day has changed drastically. Um I feel I I I do feel his presence, you know, like I can I can say that 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 like he has filled me with his holy spirit, you know. Even when even when I'm down, I know that he's still looking at me and he's and he's still welcoming that uh welcoming me with open arms. That that sacrifice that was made on that cross wasn't wasn't for just one person or or a group of people. It was for the whole world. God loves us all. And when I was younger, I wasn't able to fully understand that. Um but now that I'm older and learning on my own without the help of, you know, my parents, it's 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 a lot different because now I can I can interpret it in, in my way. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's not I'm not learning it from just one one point of view of just what my parents see. You know, my parents can't get me into heaven. They can't save yeah. me. You have to build your relationship with God. That is one of the most important things. Build your relationship with God because anybody can go pray, pray today and then go back tomorrow and to their same ways or pray right now and go back and do their the same thing they were doing uh, yesterday, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing like people don't people don't understand, like just because you pray and just because you go to church on Sunday or, or whenever you go to church. Some people go Wednesday, Saturday, you know, depending on what your beliefs are. Just because you go that to church, you know, that doesn't mean that you're automatically saved. Right. You have to you have to fully put all your faith and trust in Jesus, right? And everything will come together. You will start to live your life for him. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will drag you out of that evil, those evil desires that you have. He will he will erase those temptations away, you know, and there's going to be moments where it's 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 eating you. It's eating you alive. That 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 that, you know, that 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 evil, evil desire to go do these these things like smoking, you know. And, or or go judge somebody or, or, or go gossip about somebody, you know, Th- there will be times where it, it, it gets you, it gets you, but he knows, he knows, God knows you're not perfect. God knows you're going to sin. God knows that you have your flaws, but he sent Jesus to die on that cross for those reasons, because he knows that you're not perfect. So that one day when he calls you, 
to be in his kingdom, you will be perfect. And all those sins that you've ever committed will be clean through Jesus Christ. Because mm -hmm. without Jesus, we are dirty rags, drenched in sin. Simple. Yeah. So I remember when I was about your age, um, I wanted to explore religion in all of its facets because I grew up in a Christian household and a Christian family. My mom was church every week, twice a week. My grandma was church every week, three or four times a week. And so growing up, I only had the experience of Christianity, going to church, loving God, like it's not an option. It's, it's almost, I'm not going to say that my grandma and my mom were cultish. They just, they were very devout in their beliefs and their, their relationship with God was so strong that they felt the need to be in his presence at all times, which is something I now understand as an adult. But as a kid, I'm like, y'all are going to church. Y'all are giving him all this money. They're not even using it. All of the normal questioning things that you do as a teenager growing up, I questioned about the religion of Christianity. And so for me, I was like, now that I'm out of my own, I want to not just explore Christianity and explore my relationship with God through the lens of Christianity, but I want to explore the, my relationship with God because I believed in God. I, I understood God was a thing. Like I, I explored atheism for like an hour or two. Like it, atheism just didn't make sense to me. So I couldn't, I had to feel like there was a God. So I wanted to explore my relationship with God through other religions. And so I went through just going to different styles of church. So I went to mosque. I went to, I went to a Catholic church, which is still Christianity, but it's a different form than I grew up with. And I, I tried a lot of different things. And as I got older, I realized that my biggest issue as a child, my biggest issue as even a teenager or young adult, wasn't Christianity or even my relationship with God. It was the idea that is portrayed by seasoned Christians that in order to be a Christian, you must be perfect. And you can't, like they'll tell you all have sinned and sh fallen short of the glory of God. Like everyone says that, but they always say it in the past tense for all have sinned, like past tense, you used to do it and fallen short of the glory of God. But in Christ, you're made anew. And so now that you've accepted God as your Lord and Savior, and you're supposed to be, you know, living like Christ-like, and you're supposed to be living like Jesus, when you sin, you've done something that's punishable by death, because the wages of sin is death. And I believe, obviously, that is true. And the wages of sin is death. But the part that I feel like they skipped a lot for me growing up, and I'm seeing it talked about a lot more often now as an adult, and so maybe I missed it as a kid and maybe I was hyper-focused on the negative, who knows, but I'm seeing it a lot more now as an adult that the wages of sin is death, but that price was paid by Jesus. Therefore, you don't die from every sin and you don't have to worry about dying from every sin because that price has already been paid. That's mm -hmm. what makes him a savior. And so once I got past the idea that I had to be perfect in order to be Christian, my relationship with God bloomed. And now a lot of people around me and a lot of people that interact with me are like, your faith has been super strong over the last, you know, 10 years. And you just seem like you're super devout in Christianity and all of that. And 
my family will tell you, while I do have an incredible relationship with God, some of them are still confused as to whether I even consider myself to be Christian because I feel like the relationship is a lot more important than the religion. And I know my grandma up literally up until death could not understand how I could be so connected with God and so devout in my beliefs in God and still question things about the Bible and still question things about the way that Christianity has been translated to modern day times. And so I want to kind of get your input. What is just as a young adult who's exploring Christianity and who has a relationship with God and who's jumping into it, what is it like both from maybe even feeling the pressure of being a Christian because it's not easy and it does seem like as soon as you start to voice your relationship with God and be open and outward about it, things tend to tempt you more often and it seems like the temptations come stronger and faster. But not just the pressure of being a Christian, but also dealing with that and just living and trying to live as close to Christ like as you can. Yeah, so first thing, be careful for wolf and sheep clothing. I'll tell you that much. Nobody's perfect. Okay, if anybody tells you you got to be perfect, that's not true. Because I promise you, those same people that tell you you got to be perfect are the same people that turn around and do the exact same thing they did yesterday and sin. Because we all sin. We are all sinners. We are all sinners, right? From 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 when we are born, we are sinners. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, if you're a baby and you die before, you know, you can, you know, fully understand all these things that you're going straight to hell because you were born a sinner or born in sin. That's not true. It doesn't apply to you until you're old enough to actually be, I guess, be conscious of your sin. Yeah, yeah, the age of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I've so, heard is either 7 or 13. I don't know because I'm way older than both 7 and 13, so I haven't had the need to look it up. But eventually when I have young kids, I will want to know because I would want to share my relationship with God with them. But, yeah, okay, keep going. So, yeah, but um, no, nobody's perfect. And, and I, I learned that. I do have moments where I'm like, man, I screwed up, you know, I have to, I have to go ask God for forgiveness, but we got to realize, you know, he forgave us. He forgave us on that cross. He forgave us. Our main thing is if you want to accept his, his, uh, his forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to accept Jesus dying on that cross, because if you don't accept it, then that means you don't want you don't want his forgiveness. You don't you don't want to be forgiven. So so he's not going to forgive you if you don't want to be forgiven. He's not going to force you to live eternity with him if you don't want to uh, live eternity with him. You know, so that, and, and for those like there's a lot of people that like to attack Christianity, too, because. Of how God wants us to live. But a lot of people got to realize, like, it's not our life to live. We have a creator. He created us and he gave us free will 
And that's why we have like the choice to either accept him or reject him. But if you reject him, don't complain if because he is he is holy. He is righteous. He is holy. He hates sin. He hates it. He hates sin. God can't hate. He does hate. He hates sin. Right. So. If you're not going to live that life that he wants you to live, don't expect him to give you, you know, everything you want in life. Don't expect him to 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 give you paradise. You know, you're going to have punishment for what you've done. You're going to have punishment. And that's where that's what people don't understand. Like, if you're not going to accept Jesus dying on that cross for your sin, then that 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 wage, that wage, that death wage, you, you still have you have to pay it. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to accept his sacrifice, then you're going to have to pay it. Right. But um, that's that's one thing. Like you don't you don't have to live a perfect life because you're not gonna. Nobody is. Nobody can. The only person that lived the perfect life was Jesus Christ. Jesus. Mm -hmm. He was the only one that that did not sin. And that and that's even in uh in the Quran, like they say he they he, there's not one one verse in in the Quran that says that he sinned. He was a sinner because Jesus is in there in their their uh book. You know or the their Quran that he's in, mm -hmm. he's in there. Um, but, uh, he, he, you don't expect yourself to live a perfect life. I know I'm not going to live a perfect life. I know that I'm going to continue sinning because we're, we're sinners. We're all sinners. And because I'm going to continue sinning, it also means, it also doesn't mean that you, purposely can sin right don't don't think just because jesus died on that cross oh i can go sin go i can go kill this person and and i'll be fine i'll still go to heaven you know it's that's not how it works that's what i meant with everything will follow in line you give your life to christ you will know what's wrong and what's right right because a lot of i mean sin look at sin it's normalized on, on earth you know there's so many things that we do on a regular day, daily basis, and, and, and it's actually a sin. Mm -hmm. There's 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 plenty of sins that we that we commit on a regular daily basis. Um, one, do you? I mean, every day throughout the whole day, twenty four seven. I mean, you're not missing a single minute, a single second. Are you praising God in everything you do? Are you asking me specifically? Just this is a general question for anybody. Um, I, I be trying. I, I actively do, and again, this I I am someone who has focused on trying to build, maintain, and sustain a relationship with God. So I do actively try to honor Him in everything that I do. Obviously, I fail multiple times a day, every day. There you go. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's that's one thing that he wants us to do. But it's mm -hmm. it's it's I mean, it's 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 kind of hard. It's it's kind of, you know, hard to. Oh, you know, I'm gonna go to the grocery store thinking about God. No, you think about going to the grocery store. No, you, you see what I mean? We're, we're not mm -hmm. going to live that perfect life of, of praising God and everything we do. I mean, it's it's just not possible. It's just not. Uh, and he knows that. 
That's what I mean. He's not, he knows we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. He knows that. And he still loves us and he still has mercy and he still has patience with us. I mean, look, look at everything. I mean, you saw what they, they had, what, uh, like a satanic parade and, and, and where was it in Brazil or something like that? They had, uh, they have people walking around and in the costume looking like Jesus with, you know, pride flags. And I, I don't, I don't have anything against um, gay people. You know, I still love them. They're human. I love them. You know, I may not support what they do, but that doesn't mean that I don't love them. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I love quoting First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter six, verses nine through 11, because a lot of there's a lot of people now nowadays where it's like, oh, I'm Christian and I'm gay. That's not possible. It's just not possible. You're really not. Uh, you you can't be truly Christian and be homosexual. Uh, that's where First Corinthians, uh, chapter six, verse nine through eleven. Um. Do you, Do you want me to tell you what it is? I mean, I yeah, I, don't, I do. Want I don't want. Me. I don't want to get you canceled or anything. No, I'm not gonna get canceled. I'm actually gonna disagree with you in a few minutes, but I want you to finish first. Okay. All right. There you go. It says right here, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor uh, rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So... It falls under sexual immorality, right? And that is one of the, I guess, one of those sins that, you know, they're, it's a pretty big one. Uh, it's also against your own body, like I said, your own, your own temple. So, yeah. Go ahead. What's your disagreement? So, my only disagreement, because... If you believe in the Bible, you believe that the Bible is the word of God and he gave it to men to write and the words that they wrote were words given to them from him. So we're going to make the assumption that we all agree that the Bible is correct and those are God's words. But we also I, I can't agree with the statement that you can't be both homosexual and Christian. Simply because if homosexuality is a sin, which there are people who use the Bible to make that claim. So if we're agreeing that homosexuality is a sin, we also have, and we're agreeing on that simply because the Bible says so. We also have to agree that all sin is created equal because the Bible says that also. And we also Mm -hmm. have to agree with all people have sinned because the Bible says that also. And we also have to agree with all people will sin because the Bible says that also. And so if we're agreeing that all sins are equal and everyone will sin and everyone has sinned and we're all supposed to be Christian, then homosexuals can also be Christian. And so I, I think my disagreement is very simple. It's, it's you can be a Christian and be a sinner. You can be a murderer and be a sin- uh, and be a Christian. You can be 
an adulterer. You can be a fornicator. You can be a liar. You can be a gambler. You can be someone who um, scams people. And you can also be a homosexual. You can also be a transgender and be Christian because while God hates the sin, he loves the sinner. And the only requirement for getting into heaven per the Bible is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and confess your sins with your mouth and and attempt to live a holy life. But it doesn't say you have to accomplish it. It says you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the way into heaven. Would you consider homosexuality a willful sin? I would consider all sins willful sins. Well, there's 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 some that I mean, we commit that, you know, they came about right right after that. Uh, like uh, like I said, we don't we don't we don't love uh, we're we're not praising God twenty four seven. You know, that's one thing that we we should do. You know, that's that, but we we don't we can't. You know, uh, it's sin. So there's there's a lot of willful sins that well actually all willful sin should be it will be i guess eliminated if you give your life to christ he will fulfill all those desires he'll satisfy all those uh evil temptations that you have right so just because so and here's another thing a lot of people think that just because we have the new testament the old testament is it, it, it doesn't apply to us, but it does mm-hmm. because God says he does not change. Right. If you look back in the Old Testament, God does talk about homosexuality and it is punishable by death. Very, mm-hmm. very. It's 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 it, sin is all equal. But obviously, you know, there. If you go, you know, what I mean, I'm trying. Damn, I don't I, know what I, you I gotta mean. pull up the Bible. Because you are absolutely correct. You can't you are absolutely correct. Sin is um homosexuality is punishable by death. Because all sin is punishable by death. The wages of sin, period, is death. So it's not a reach to say that homosexuality as a sin is punishable by death because all sin is. Yeah. And I mean, even then, uh if you're gonna give your life to Jesus, if you're gonna give your life to God, right? Because Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give your life to him, you're going to try and do whatever you can do to live right by him. You know what I mean? Yes. Homosexuality, if you're continuing, if you're continuing, if you continue to practice homosexuality, you haven't really fully given your life to him because, like I said, everything else will follow when you give your life to, to God. Right. You will start to to know to open your eyes to all these sin and you will it will it will disgust you because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Sin is not holy, so you will be disgusted by sin. Right. So. That's what I mean by, you know, it's kind of hard. You can't really be a full, fully Holy Spirit and dwell Christian when you practice when you're practicing homosexuality, you know, that's just like, I'm a Christian, but I'm gonna continue to smoke weed and get drunk. 
You know what I mean? Are you good? Hey, if you're going to give your life to Christ, are you going to continue smoking weed and getting drunk? I'm not going to say that I don't get drunk. And I'm not going to say that I haven't smoked weed as a Christian because well, that would be a lie, which is also a sin. No, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. We slip up every now and then, but God loves us, right? So, but that's 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 what I'm trying to, that's my point. You know what I mean? If you're gonna you're gonna give your life to Christ, you're gonna have you're gonna learn to let go of these things. Right. And, and homosexuality is one of those things. Absolutely. That's that's definitely where we agree, right? If you have truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have truly tried to live, you're truly trying to build a relationship with God. You can't like let's look at it on a human level. I am not someone who participates in stupid things. I don't, I don't do stupid things. I can't even think of an example right now because I just like, I don't actually, I can, I don't spend millions of dollars on planes because I don't have millions of dollars. Right. I don't do cocaine, heroin, any of those hard drugs because I don't do them. I've never tried them have no need to try them, have no want to try them. So I don't do them. Mm -hmm. I also don't hang around people that do drugs. Therefore, if you want to have a relationship with me, not doing cocaine is one of the things like, I mean, I guess I may have friends that do it, but they would never talk to me about it because it's not something I do. It's not mm -hmm. something I practice. It's not something I participate in. Having a relationship with God is the same way. There are certain things that he's not interested in and doesn't want to be involved in. So you can't both do these things and have a relationship with him simultaneously. However, God is a God that has far more grace, far more mercy than any human does. And his mercy is made anew every day coming straight from the Bible. So, if that's the case, you can't. And I've I've never understood the idea of willful sins versus non-willful sins. That's something I know some pastors harp on. A lot of Christians have now taken because my personal opinion is that it makes people feel better and it makes them feel like their sin is less important than other people's sin. Because, mm -hmm. well, my sin is not a willful sin and your sin is like you're actively trying to sin versus not actively trying to sin, although I've never ever lied on accident. A lie, just by true definition, is omitting or not telling the truth. And you can't omit something you didn't know. So if you didn't know it, it's not a lie. In order for you to lie, you have to have known and chose to tell someone something different. That's a whole different topic, though. So I don't, because I don't subscribe to the idea that sins are unequal or that lies can be non-willful sins versus homosexuality being a willful sin and I mean any sexual immorality pedophilia homosexuality um adultery so cheating on your husband in my head cheating on your husband having sex with a five-year-old as a 50-year-old and two men having sex if you're believing that the bible says one of them is a sin you're believing that the bible says all of them is sin Mm -hmm. However, no one has ever told, I'm not going to say no one, most people don't believe that the woman who has sex with someone who's not her husband is going to hell 
but everyone believes that the 50 year old who had sex with the five year old is going to hell when realistically they both may end up in heaven sitting right next to each other mm-hmm. or they could both end up in hell you never know or someone well, yeah, who God, just God is, is a habitual liar and so for me my thing is i either you believe the bible therefore you believe everything in the bible mm-hmm. or you don't believe the bible and which doesn't mean you don't necessarily want to agree with everything that's in the bible but if you're going to say i subscribe to the bible because of this or i practice this because it's in the bible then you have to take into account everything that's in the bible mm-hmm. and then there's people like me and i voice this and it may be the wrong way to live i'm still talking to god about it and talking to several pastors about it just trying to understand for myself but where i am right now spiritually in my relationship with god the Bible could have very well been a book written by men who were given words by God. I can believe that 100%. I can also believe that in those men writing those books as humans, maybe the words God gave them aren't the words they put on paper. I can also believe that even if they were the words God gave them, that they transcribed for themselves, which we now know historically is not correct. But in the transcribing from whoever wrote them, because there are several books of the Bible that were verbalized by people and then written by someone else. Well, let's say the the first ever written version of the Bible is exactly what God wanted it to say. Great. Mm -hmm. The King James version of the Bible that we read today was translated by or under the authority of King James in order to enhance both the message of God and Christianity and the message of King James. So there are certain things that we know for a fact was not in the Bible when it was originally written Mm -hmm. and is now written in the Bible and we just assert as part of the Bible. We also know there are things that were in the Bible that were taken out. We also know there were translations that were made that couldn't have been a part of the original Bible because there were not words for what they are now describing. And so just in studying, because this only came for studying, which if you are subscribing to everything in the Bible is correct. In fact, you should be doing because the Bible says study to show thyself approved. So in studying, I've come to the idea that God's main focus, things that have not changed in the Bible is love for everybody equally Mm -hmm. across the board. Whether you agree with me, disagree with me, love Love your neighbor, who is your neighbor, everybody. That's straight out of Jesus' mouth. Love everybody the way you love yourself. And how should you love yourself the way you love God? Because God is in you. So love first. If you do that, everything else falls in line. If all of your actions come from a place of love, then even your misguided actions will still be respected by God because they came from love. And then... Pray, ask for forgiveness, work to build a relationship with God, and he will change the desires of your heart. He will change the desires of your mind. He will change the desires of your spirit so that you have an easier time living like him because Mm -hmm. the desires that you want will be the desires he has for you. So if the focus is that, everything that's in the Bible, while helpful, I wouldn't go and say you should use that as a way to judge anybody, including yourself, because it's just not conducive to living in peace. And God is a God of peace. 
And so he wouldn't give you a book that sows confusion in the way that the Bible does if you were trying to live in peace. Well, there are multiple definitions of love by God. Mm -hmm. You know, our definition of love today is different from his definition of love. Yes. Um, and if you actually go back and look at the original scripture and in, in the original language, love is written in there's I think it's what three different words for love. Uh, even when um, Jesus was asking uh, Peter if he loved him, he used different uh, different words for love. Mm -hmm. Right. One of them was a perfect love. And Peter could not say that he loved him with a perfect love because he knew he knew that he couldn't. Right. Because he was imperfect. Mm -hmm. And Jesus continued to ask me, ask him three times. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Um, but. God will not God will not mislead us. And that's why I say be careful for wolf in sheep clothing. Right. Human humans will 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 be misled and then mislead, you mm -hmm. know. It says in the Bible, you know, the de the devil is is like a lion waiting to pounce, pounce. You know what I mean? So he, he, he's, he's definitely informing people. You know, he's talking. He's on this planet. He's on Earth. You know, he's 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 his. He's really misleading people. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's the best thing he can do is actually make people not believe in him, because if they don't believe in the devil, they don't believe in God. Right. So, you know, that's, that's, that's where I come from. You know, I find like, I just, what I do, read the Bible, take what I just read, sit on it, think about how it applies to me and then help other people find how it applies to them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And how they're living. And that's that's what that's why I try and spread the gospel. That's why I want people to learn more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he says it. He is the way, the truth and the life. There's no other way into the kingdom of God than through Jesus Christ. Because in, in the presence of God, we are dirty rags. But through Christ, we are clean, pure of our sin. So you have to give your life to Christ and he will cleanse you. But if you're continuously doing these things, right, knowing like full and well what your intentions are, because God knows your intention. You can't lie to God. He knows your mm -hmm. heart better than anyone. So if you're including doing this, yourself, yeah, including yourself. So if you're doing this, um, with bad intention, then you can't, you haven't fully given your life to Christ. Yes. That's, 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 that's my message. Yes. And you know what, just in sitting and thinking and talking about it, I think you've not changed my mind because I don't think you did it, but I think the understand you can be, or you can't be both homosexual and Christian because the Christian religion says you can't be. And so that's like, 
Christianity or religion. It's, I don't consider, yeah, I don't really consider it a religion. Okay. It is, it is a revelation of how God wants us to live our life. Just like the Bible is just teaching us on how he wants us to live our life and how, what happens if you don't live your life that way? You know, there is consequences mm -hmm. to everything you do. Some are good, some are bad, right? So a lot of people like like to say that Christianity is a religion, but I don't, I don't consider it a religion because we... We don't exactly have, I mean, though there are like a lot of people that do consider Christianity a religion because of our practices, but I mean, it's mm -hmm. in the name, Christianity. We follow Christ, mm -hmm. right? Religion, like, mm, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain. I'm, I'm probably not at that level yet to explain it well. I don't think anyone is because... I, I understand what you're saying because I tell people when people ask me what religion am I? If I if I don't have a prior relationship with you or it's just me a conversation in passing or if, if we're even in a professional setting or something like that, I'll say Christian because that's the easiest, fastest way to explain it. But realistically, if I'm talking to someone and I have a longer form to explain, I'll say, well, I really don't. I really wouldn't consider myself religious at all. And I know mm -hmm. this is something I said, even in our class, I wouldn't consider myself religious so much as spiritual. I, I believe I have a very strong relationship with God, but I don't follow all of the norms of any one religion as subscribed by public opinion. Yeah. And so I completely understand what you're saying when you're saying Christianity is not a religion because I, I would consider myself a Christian, which is a, follower of Christ and but I don't practice all of the same practices that they that I grew up with in my Christian church because the practices were not created by God or Jesus the practices were created by other men that followed Jesus mm -hmm. and some of them are right some of them are wrong I'm not going to tell anyone how they should practice their relationship with Jesus because that's not my place I focus on how I practice my relationship with Jesus. Now I practice my relationship with God. And so I completely understand, but also, but I also understand that saying that Christianity is not a religion is like saying a basketball team is not a basketball team. It's a family. Yet, yeah, no, if you practice basketball and play basketball, you are a basketball team. Mm -hmm. You may also be a family, but you are a basketball team. Christianity is a religion but if you really like the important part of the religion, the part that I think more people should focus on is the part that you are focusing on, the part that I focus on. And that's the relationship with God. That's the studying of his word and meditating on it and trying to figure out, like you said, how that applies to my life and how I can strengthen my relationship with God, which can only come through being Christ-like and being a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. Well, Another thing is, like, if you look at Catholicism, right, another mm -hmm. form of Christianity, uh, they have their dogmas, their sacraments that they have to go through. I mean, in a Catholic church, you can't be married unless you are, you know, you have been, you have done your sacraments and done all that stuff, right? 
that's what I mean. That's that I would consider religion, right? But Christians, all we do is worship God and spread his message. If you really think about it, we worship God, spread his message. We praise him, spread his message. With Catholics, they have their practice. They have, you know, their, uh, their saints, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, their sacraments, but I don't, I don't know what the sacraments are. I don't know. I just know about that. Um, I do have some Catholic friends, um, and coworkers. So that's, that's what I mean by religion, you know, mm -hmm. but so I don't, I, I wouldn't, that's why I don't classify Christianity as a religion. Right. And even, even, uh, what's it called Islam, like they have their, their, their stuff. I don't know a lot about Islam, uh, Islamic practices, but you know, they have their things that they do. So that's, that's what I mean. Right. What we do is when we go to church, we praise him, right? We worship him. We sit, we listen to the sermon, right? Mm -hmm. Do our altar call. And then we head on about the rest of our day, right? Yeah. That's, that's, you know, but if you go into a Catholic church, you know, they got the priest up there. He does his whole routine, you know, and I don't, I don't exactly know how it works with Catholicism. I've no, I've been to a Catholic church, but that was a long time ago. Because my parents actually used to be Catholic. Um, they weren't mm. always Christian. My dad, he he went to a Catholic church. Um, he actually, uh, what was it? He, he he used to be like in a choir, something mm. like that. But um, yeah. So he used to, uh he used to be Catholic. Um, I don't know about my mom. I know her sisters. My aunts, they're they're all Catholic, except for one of them, uh, which is the oldest. She's Christian as well. Um, but yeah, I know that their practices are, are more religious based. Like uh, I don't I don't know. I'd have to go. You know, I do like looking at other. You know, like Catholicism. I, I'd like to learn about it because um, I have friends and I want to be able to have conversation with them. Right. So, and ask them about uh, Catholicism. And it's honestly like, it's knowledge. It's knowledge, things that yeah. people actually should know and should should learn about, you know? Because yes. the, the biggest one is atheism. I think that's, uh, that is silly to me. Um, that nothing came from nothing, from or nothing came from some, or no, something came from nothing. Right. Uh, literally nothing. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. That the, the world is billions and billions of years old. I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense. Uh, that we evolved from monkeys. That I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense. You know, so that that's silly to me. But everything else is it's really good to learn about. Yeah. And these are always important conversations to have and they're not always comfortable because a lot of people don't know how to agree disagree amicably and even more than that when they come up against disagreement most people aren't sure enough in their own opinion to have someone disagree with it and they be able to defend their opinion because they don't know why they believe what they believe or why they think what they think or why they feel what they feel 
And so if you can't voice your own opinion, it's hard to defend your own opinion. Mm-hmm. And so I think these conversations are important. I think they're I think they're necessary in order to really um be assured in what you think and how you feel. Um, but to not take up too much more of your time, I ask all of my and to even preface that, I would love to continue this conversation on a different podcast and and just hear more thoughts and get deeper into the weeds. But huh? at the end of every podcast, I ask all of my guests one question that is, what would your one public servant's announcement be? If you had one thing you could share with any group of people, uh, what would your one public servant's announcement be? Read the Gospel of John. Learn about My the favorite life book of the Bible. Learn about the life of Jesus and 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 what he did for us. Go and, and if you have the money, if you have the time, go go to the go to the Holy Land. Go 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 visit. Go go see the empty tomb. Go see the the crown of thorns that he wore. I want to do that. But um definitely definitely learn about Jesus even if you don't believe learn about it maybe it'll maybe it'll change your mind absolutely that's a plan of mine one day too so that's great advice save your money and go to the holy lands and then read my personal favorite book of the bible john um so i thank you Luis, for coming on to the podcast and sharing even more than i expected just sharing and being open with us and giving us some of your thoughts and some of your experiences. And I hope that you can come on at another time. I hope that you can come on at another time so we can, like I said, continue the conversation, get even deeper and and just hear more of just your growth. Because I mean, this is what you have after a month of extreme and intense focus, what it's going to look like in six weeks, eight weeks, a year from now. So I think just to be able to witness your growth, just both on social media and now getting to have a conversation with you is amazing. So I appreciate you coming on to the podcast and sharing with us. Thank you for having me. Nice, uh, nice little uh, fun thing to do for my Saturday. You know, usually Saturdays are boring for me, but this was definitely, definitely had a lot of fun. Good conversation. I've, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. It was nice talking to you again. You know, having talked yes. to you quite some time since uh the Mavericks game right yeah I saw yeah a little bit but it's definitely thank you again really truly thank you for having me yeah thank you for coming on and then thank you to our guests or not our guests sorry our listeners for listening to us thank you for coming back to us and we will continue to try to give you good content try to give you um good showings try to give you good guests and try to ask good questions that may be thought-provoking for you. Um, We'll be back next week, and I hope that you will all come back with us.